welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. In the last days, difficult times will come and people will come up with all kinds of doctrines and they will forbid men from eating food which God has given to all to eat. I think 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3, somewhere there. And it says that we are supposed to receive the food with prayer, thanksgiving and prayer. So it's that forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received. How do you receive your food? How do you receive your food? Now, it's with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. That's very important. When I was studying this morning, that's what struck my heart. And they believe and know. See, your believing and knowing matters in your enjoyment of life. What you believe and what you know. What you believe is empowered by what you know. Amen. It says that. So we receive the food with thanksgiving because we are believers and we know some stuff. Right? So um, believe and know the truth. Then the next verse talks about how for every creature, is good. every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused. It's if it's received with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for this food. Yes. Even if it's a snake meat, I thank you for it. <laughs> All right, let's go to Hebrews. So what, what has that got to do with the, um, today's teaching? It's just interesting. I was just trying to emphasize on the fact about the truth, the word you know, what you know. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31, that if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth you know shall set you free. Hebrews chapter 3. Finally, we are just now kicking in into Hebrews chapter 3. I am very pleased about that. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, him as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who builds the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all, the, all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken afterwards but Christ as the son over his own house, whose house we are if we hold fast the, com- the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope firm to the end. Amen. Amen. This is a lot. When you read it initially, you'll be wondering what it's, it's, it actually means. Because it's kind of not straightforward. These are some of the texts that make Hebrews very um, interesting because Hebrews is so loaded. Now remember, just a recap, Hebrews chapter 1 opens by saying that God spoke through the prophets, now has spoken to us by his son, who is better than the angels. Then it begins to speak about the relationship, the difference between Jesus and the angels. Then he goes on to speak about the fact that Jesus is the son, highly exalted, higher than angels, and then goes into um, verse chapter 2, how Jesus had to become like us. He, he didn't die for angels. One, angels couldn't die for us. God didn't subject everything to angels, subjected it to men. And so Jesus didn't 
come as angel because then he won't have audacity to be in charge of everything created on this earth. And then number two, if he had come like an angel, he couldn't have saved us because he had to be, verse 9, he had to be like us that, that he might take death for everyone. So angels don't die, but he had to be like us so he can die. Right, so that is, so first of all, Jesus is so high. God has spoken to us by the Son, who is higher than the angels, better than the angels. And then he says that because of that, um, he had to be like us, so he can have control over everything created. Remember, we see Jesus, and then not just that, and that he will be able to die on our behalf, save and taste dead, so that he can lead many sons into glory. Right, he can lead men. He being the captain of our salvation, so he just he just came to be like us to lead us into what God has purposed for us, where God has purposed for us to be. And then he spoke about how there's the need for him to die, so that through death he might destroy the him who has the kratos, the power of death, which is the devil, so that and deliver us who through our deliver those who through their lifetime through the fear of death have become subject to bondage. Then he goes on to say that, for it is not the angels he died to save, but it's the seed of Abraham, chapter 2, verse 16. It's the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ actually died to save. And then he went on to say that, for in the verse 17, the the flagship verse in this chapter, I love it. Hebrews chapter 2 is one of the greatest chapters for a particular reason. It talks about resurrection. No, it talks about incarnation. It talks about human living. It talks about the, 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 the death and burial. And then it talks about the resurrection. It talks about the ascension and glorification. It talks about all these five major doctrines of Christianity, all condensed in one chapter. Very powerful. But then in, in the verse 17, he says that, therefore, he had to be like us so that all right, so that he can become a merciful and a faithful high priest. Say high priest. High priest. So there, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, it, Jesus was, the idea of Jesus being a high priest was thrown in, was introduced. In the first place, he has ascended on high, he's better than angels, and then he gave the comparisons. Then he says that he had to be like us so that he can be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. And then um, verse 18 talks about that, how we have help in him. He is able to help us, seeing that he himself has been has suffered, being tempted. He is able to help us who are being tempted. Then he closed the chapter on the verse 18 with that. Then we go to chapter 3. Chapter 3 then starts by, therefore, chapter 3 says, therefore, holy brethren, I spoke about holy and brethren, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. Last week I spoke a lot about the heavenly calling. Amen. Because we are the heavenly people. Partakers of the heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Who is the apostle of our confession? Who is the apostle of our confession? Oh, come on. I want to hear someone. Who is the apostle of our confession? So Jesus is an apostle. He's an apostle. And Jesus said, he's an apostle and a high priest of our homologia, confession. What we are saying, he uses that word confession three times in the book of Hebrews. Our confession, I'll come back to that. But Jesus Christ being the, considered the apostle. Who is an apostle? Apostle, watch this. An apostle, the Greek word for apostle is apostolos. Apostolos, which is a sent out one. This is very important. Now, in Greek, that 
scripting of people going, that is the apostolos. Apostolos is not just a sent one. Someone who is sent with authority of the sender. So then when we say apostles, you know, the New Testament was written by the apostles. Or if it's not a direct apostle, uh, someone who is, close, who is in close relation with an apostle to an apostle, like Luke, Luke, Dr. Luke, was writing in close relation with apostolic supervision of Paul. All right, so why am I saying this? They, when they wrote the New Testament, you would think that maybe just human beings that wrote it. No, Jesus Christ gave them the powers. So when they wrote, it was like he has written. Because Jesus Christ didn't write any book. But he gave the apostles the, the, the mandate, the authority. So that's what apostle means. Now, Bible says that Jesus Christ is an apostle. Number one, sent from God. Say he sent. Yes. You can write this text, the scriptures down. John chapter 3 verse 17 tells us that Jesus was sent. John chapter 3 verse 17. It says that for God did not send his son into the world. So he said sent one. God did not send his son into the world, so Jesus was sent. Let's all say Jesus was sent. Jesus was sent. In John chapter 5, verse, let's go to 36, 36 to 38. But I have a, great, a greater weakness than John's, for the works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do bear witness of me, that the Father has done what? Sent me. Verse 37 sent me and the father himself who sent me has testified of me you have neither heard his voice at any time or seen his form verse 38 has seen but you do not uh, but you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent you do not. so jesus is the sent one sent from the father Sent in a, is an apostle in John chapter 8, verse 16, and verse um, John 8 16, John 8 29. John 8 16 talks about how, and, and yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Verse um, 29, John 8 29 says that, and he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do the things that... Now, Jesus was, was clear on this, that he didn't come on his own, but he was sent. Jesus was an apostle sent by the Father, and that is why he didn't do anything by himself, but he did what the Father who sent him to do, would do. So he was acting as though the father was here. That's why I says you see me between the father because he was a sent man. He wasn't a man on his own, sent from the father. And then Jesus Christ as an apostle, do you know what he did? He came from God the father. I like this. I like, oh, thank you, Jesus. What I'm about to say is lovely. He came from God the father to us with God. He came from God to us with God. That's an apostle. He came. So his apostolic assignment was to come. He was sent, but he was sent before. He was sent to bring us God. He came to us with God. To remember that. But he's also a high priest. Who is a high priest? A priest is someone who goes to God on the behalf of man. And so Jesus Christ also asked, I like this one, wow. As our high priest went to God with us. 
He came from God to us with God, presenting, bringing God to us. And as the high priest, he went from us to God, bringing us to God. Shout hallelujah. He brought God, watch this, he brought God to us so that he might, God will save us, God will deliver us, God will bless us, God will enjoy God, we will encounter God. He sent us to God so that we can be partakers of God's nature. He took us, so in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6, you know that, it says that for we, um, Ephesians 2 says that, and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. You know, we are the heavenly people. You remember that? In heavenly places in Christ. So Christ didn't go and sit alone. He didn't go to sit alone. He actually went with, he's there. We were raised together with him and we were made, we were made to sit together with him. So when he ascended to heaven, he didn't go alone. Guess who he went with? Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That's our high priest. Our high priest, Christ, our high priest. He says that consider, consider, take care, take notice of, focus, consider. Other than that, other things will get your attention. Yeah. Other things will easily get your attention, especially when it comes to religious matters, spiritual matters. There are so many things that are vying for your attention. Things of significance, so long as your life are concerned, are always vying for your attention. But I said, consider. Consider, someone say consider. Consider the, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Yes. Consider him. Because don't be distracted. He said, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider. We don't just belong here. Consider there is a lot going for you. Consider. Don't be distracted and begin to settle on miniatures, settle on earthly things. You are a heavenly people. Don't be distracted and settling on Old Testament religious things because you are New Testament special people. Don't be distracted on settling on the law, things of law, do and don'ts. Why? Because you are the people of grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. That presupposes that you, if you are a holy brethren, you have a confession. Homologio. Some translations, particularly New King James uses the word profession. Old King James uses the word confession. Put it on the screen again. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession which is the same as confession, intense with seriousness. Conf- Jesus is the, the center, the object of everything about Christianity. That's why I like the song we're singing. Jesus is the center of it all. Consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. That word is repeated. Hebrews 4.14 talks about how seeing that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus Christ, of God. Remember, this thing keeps coming. It's passed through the heavens. Last week I spoke about the heavens, the heavens, the heavens. No, this thing, we are not ordinary people. He said, He's the, the, the high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. He is the, he is the high priest of our confession. He is the, the, the apostle of our confession. In other words, the things we are saying, he came to teach us what to say. And the things we are saying, he is in, on the side, uh, in the presence of God, representing us as for what we are saying. Making what we are saying workable. Oh, let me, let me show you what. He came from God, 
gave us what to say and went to God and waiting for us to say it so that it works. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. He, he is the apostle. He brought it from God. God loves us so much. He wanted our confession to change because you are your confession. So he brought us what to say. The apostle of our, we are not just saying anything. We are saying what he taught us to say. We confess what the thing, we, we believe. Our, we are believers. We believe we, our lives are built on the things that the apostle came to tell us. And then he didn't say, I'm just an apostle. He also went back. Saturday, he said, come on, speak it. He said, they are speaking, speaking. It's working, it's working. Somebody say, it's working for me. It's say, it's working for me. Consider the apostle of our confession. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 13, talks about while through the, through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ. Profession, confession, what you stand for. Profession is like what your, 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 your vocation, life, what you are doing in life, what you stand for in life, the same as your confession. So what you say and what you do are invariably the same. In other words, your confession here is talking about what you actually intensely mean, which sometimes in your dream you will say. In a state of unconsciousness, it will just pop out of your mouth, your confession. That, that is why you have to be careful how, what you hear. So as you hear, it becomes the center. What you hear is, will influence what you believe, and what you believe becomes your confession. So he, he says that uh, confession, and then in First Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, fight a good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good confession before many witnesses. And guess what? Listen, listen, your profession and your confession is not in private. You start in your private life personally, but it doesn't end there. Before many witnesses, and as you are saying it, you know that you are not just saying it. You know that you have a, a high priest of this confession. Look at Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. This is not part of my preparation, but it just, just struck my spirit. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Oh, oh, let me go to my Bible. Oh, this seems good. Hmm. Hmm. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, main point we are saying is this. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of, of the majesty in heavens. They say heavens. A minister of, the, minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected, not man. For, ah, that's the one I'm looking for. Pastor, he said, before we go there, put your finger there. Go, chapter 5, verse 1. Then we come to chapter 8 again. Chapter 5, verse 1. He said, for every high priest taken from amongst men is appointed, see, appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may, hey, he may do what? Offer God so every high priest is there. What's his job? What's his job from what we just read? On the behalf of men. Okay, he appointed on the behalf of men. He's taken from. So you have to be a man to be a high priest. Angels cannot be high priests. He's taken from amongst men. All right. That's why angels, talking on Jesus and angels, angels aside, we don't need them. Jesus is enough. And <laughs> so appointed from amongst men, every high priest is taken from amongst men. Men is appointed for men. So he's taken from amongst men to represent men, appointed for men in things pertaining to God. This is not normal things, but this one, things pertaining to God. We have a high priest, it's sorted. Can you imagine if 
if you are not born again, you don't have a high priest to talk, about, talk for you in the things pertaining to God. My God. You may have a brother who is a Christian, a sister who is a Christian, and may pray for you every now and then, and you may have some better, but in yourself, you are not represented. <laughs> because you're actually, your names, he represents based on whose names are in the book of life. If your name is not registered in heaven, you don't have any representation. If you are born again, you have a heavenly representation. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is why you can look straight in the face of sickness and tell sickness you you can't stay here. You are not permitted to stay in my body. Who gives you the audacity? Because I'm being represented. And he's shown me what to say. He gave me what to say. And I'm saying he's working with it. Ah, That's where I was going. Watch this. He said he's taking from among men. Put it back on the screen. Hey, from amongst men that he may... Why? What's his job? What's his job? So high priest goes before God. What are you bringing? I don't have anything. He must have something to work with. Chapter 8, verse 3. Wow, I like this. Look at Let's all read it together. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's all read it out loud from the street. Let's go. It's appointed to offer both gifts. Is it the same thing we read previously? All right, let's go on. It is necessary that this one also have. Therefore, it is necessary that. Now, who is that this one? Put it on the screen, please. Who is that this one talking about? Jesus. How do you know that it's Jesus? Maybe the, the writer made a mistake and changed it. So look, look, look at verse 1 and verse 2. Oh, man. Verse 1 again. Verse 1 again. Verse 1 again. It says that this, the, now, this is the main point. We have, a, we have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven. Obviously, this is it's narrowing it down. We have verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. A minister of the sanctuary and the truth of Nacho, which is who the Lord erected, not man. A minister. So we have a high priest. He's telling that this high priest seated in heaven. It's not on earth. That we already know who that must be. And then he says that because every high priest must have something to offer, something to wear. He said, he said, therefore it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. Give him something to work with by what you say. He is the high priest of our confession. He needs something to work with. Oh, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. it. He needs something. So he's the high priest, not just of our confession. What you are saying is what he actually works with for you. He presents, first of all, his blood to give us the credit before God. But on an individual basis, we have been told he's the high priest of our confession. What you say is what it takes to work for you. This man, this one must also have something to present, to offer. What is he offering on your behalf? So you don't have to keep quiet. You have to say something. You have to believe something. That is Christianity. Christianity is belief. That's why we are called believers. We are called believers because we believe something. And you, you cannot be saved without believing. And believing in alone is not enough. Believing alone, actually, your belief is actually not genuine belief unless you have said what you believe. Thank you, you must say. It says that in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 10, it says that for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth 
confess. Romans chapter 10, verse 9, uh, 9, 9 and 10. 10. Let's go to verse 10. For with the heart one believes and unto righteousness, and with the mouth. How do you make confession? As a Christian, what you say matters to your high priest. That's why I said, let us hold fast our confession. Said so for and you have professed. He said, hold fast your profession which you have made. So let us fight a good fight of faith, holding the profession we have confessed before many witnesses. Hold it because he's working with it. Keep keep saying it. Keep the saying that, oh man, somebody's blessed. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Then he goes on to say, consider the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Now, that's where they, then he brings in an interesting figure, verse, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 2. Who was faithful to him who appointed him, and mentions a name, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Someone say Moses. Moses. In the Old Testament and in Judaism, amongst the Jews and the, the early Hebrews, listen to this very carefully, there are some things that matter to them most. The law and the sacrifices and the ordinances, the rituals. To be a Jew, you can't be a Jew without those two stuff. In fact, it's the law that tells you you are Jewish. Everything has to do with the law. The law, everyone is bound by the law. Watch this. So in Judaism, you cannot be a true Jew without a good knowledge of the law. Everything about Judaism is the law. And not just the law, and the rituals, the practices, the sacrifices. Watch this. And watch this. Because the law was so important, there was one key figure in the Old Testament, not Abraham. Abraham was the origin, but the figure who represented the Jews, who represented God to the Jews, everything started with him. So long as the Jewish nation was being birthed into actually working with God or being set free to now live their Jewish life under in their own liberties, it's Moses. So in, in Judaism, if you don't know Moses, you are lost. And now here are people who have come from a religious background and angels are so high. Now angels are spiritual beings, but in, amongst men, Moses is the one. Moses. To the extent that the law, watch this, the law was called the law of Moses. Nehemiah chapter 9, let's rush through this text quickly. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 13 and 14. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 13. You came down on, talking now, they were praying, talking to God. He said, God, you came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them, talking about, spoke with our fathers from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws. You see the ordinances and laws? True laws. Good statutes and commandments. Statutes and commandments. Verse 14. You made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses, your servant. Someone say Moses. Moses. In the book of 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. 
First Kings chapter 2, verse 3, it also throws light about how significant Moses was. And keep the charge of the Lord your God to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, his testimonies, as it is written where? The law It's the law for, for Moses. Moses what? But Moses is important. Moses, someone say Moses. Moses. In the book of what he's trying to say that Moses is so important, but doesn't come anywhere near Christ. In the New Testament, the, but it's also re, still in the New Testament, the law is referred to as the law of Moses. Luke chapter 2, verse 22, it talks about the law of Moses. Say the law of Moses. It says that now, when the days of a purification according to the law of Moses were completed, the law of Moses, in the book of Acts chapter 13, verse 39, it makes reference to the law of Moses. <laughs> Oh, okay, I think I have to do that and I'll come back. As I was like, look, as he said, and by him, that's by Jesus Christ, everyone who believed is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Say the law of Moses. Now, Jesus, in his discourse with the Jews, when they were trying to oppose him and all, all the stuff, and he told them that he who came from God, I am the one sent. Look at my words. In John chapter 5, verse 36, 37, and 38, I'm sent from God. John 5, 45. Jesus brings in Moses. Because all his discourse with them was Moses, 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 Moses. I, I, Moses came, but I also came. In fact, told John, in the book of John chapter 1, it talks about the law came by Moses. John chapter 1, verse 17. Yeah, before we go to John, John, John 1 says, For the law was given through Moses. You can't talk about Judaism without Moses. And so in John chapter 5, verse 45 and, 45 and 47, 45 towards it, he said, well, This is a very interesting. Jesus told the Jews, He said, Do you think that I, I shall accuse you to the fathers? There is one who accuses you, Moses, in whom you trust. <laughs> Moses, the law. The law is not speaking well of you. The law is not because you are, you are, you are a lawbreaker. And even Moses himself, he broke all the Ten Commandments at once. Smashed everything, broke it at once. <laughs> Verse 46, he says, I am not one the one to condemn you, the law. He said, for if you, believe, if you believe, believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. If Moses was talking about me, but you guys were blind. Look at the next verse. He wrote about me. He said, but if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Everything Moses wrote, if you look at it in details, it's pointing to me. Moses. Because they think, oh, Moses, yeah, we are the people of Moses. We believe in Moses. We are disciples of Moses. Moses, and Moses. Said, Moses is the one who is accusing you. You think I'm accusing you, Moses is accusing you. Because the law is accusing you. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, but if, uh, secondly, if you believe in Moses, you actually believe in me. You didn't believe in Moses. You think that Moses, have for me, Moses, have for me, Moses. You don't actually believe God if you believe Moses was talking about me. That's right. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So Moses, in Luke chapter 16, he says, told a parable of how Lazarus and the rich man, yeah. and the rich man went to hell, or uh, went to Gehenna, and Lazarus went to the bosom of Abraham, and he was very thirsty, not from verse one, somewhere 29, and then, and he was thirsty. The rich man was thirsty in hell, and wanted water, and he said, we can't give you water. I think verse 29, we can't give you water. And then they said, okay, you have to do something about this. And then send somebody to go and tell my people in London that this hell thing is real. They said, we can't send anybody. Because they have Moses there. 
Luke chapter 16, verse 29. Abraham said that they have Moses and the prophet. Let them hear them. But Moses has done already. No, Moses was a reflection of the law given by God. This is the parable Jesus was saying. So Moses, and now, hmm, Hebrews says that we have considered the apostle and the high priest of our calling. This man was faithful, just as Moses. Now he brings Moses in the picture. He said, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle, uh, uh, apostle and high priest of our confession. Verse 2, let's keep, uh, stay in verse 2. Who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Moses was faithful? Yes, Moses was. Moses was a very wonderful servant. He, he had a good record. But go to the next verse. Verse 3, it says that, for this one, remember this one, we saw it somewhere. This one also has something to offer. For this one has, has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. You mean it? Yes. In as much, in what way? In as much as he who builds the house has more honor than the house. Ah, now, we have brought house inside the whole picture. House. So Moses was faithful. Then go to the next verse. For every house is built by someone, but God is the one who builds everything. All right. Verse 4. This is loaded. We can stay in there, but I want to finish something. Verse 5, quickly. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant. So God gave him an assignment and he did the way. Some of you here are very faithful in God's house. The things you've been asked to do, you do, you come on time. Faithful in all your house. Some people, you leave some things in their hands and things are left. Faithful. Moses, no, you can't find out with Moses. Is it coming closer? <laughs> I mean, let alone the people who are not faithful at all. They don't even want to do anything. The Bible doesn't consider you. When we are giving records of people who have made a difference, you must make sure you serve in, your, in God's house so that when the annals are being written, the records are being your name will be added that you made a difference in your tenor. You made a difference. Don't just be a pew woman or a seat woman. Now, the purple covers are now even getting torn because some people, they, all they do is they sit down. They don't do anything. They've sat down and the chair has been sat on. Faithful. Someone say faithful. faithful. Bible says that he said, I will say to you, well done, that good and faithful servant. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it is required of a steward to be found faithful. It, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found. When we are looking at examining you, we will, shall we find you faithful? Church worker, faithful. Add yourself to the faithful bunch. That one is a choice. Add yourself to the faithful bunch. Add yourself to the faithful. I know you will say amen. Add yourself to the faithful bunch. You can live in Kingston, Jamaica. Or you can live in Portland, Oregon. Uh-huh. Hey, uh-huh. it's coming. Uh-huh. Where you live doesn't matter. Yeah. Most of those who are usually late to church, especially those who have responsibility in church, when you check, they are never late for work. Wow. But they expect more from God than their work. Mm-hmm. Should we go back to Hebrews or we should stay on faithfulness? We are in Hebrews. We are in Hebrews. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faithful. When you are in a department, serve faithfully. Let the head, department, tar head, know that as for you, they can count on you. 
And when you have been given an assignment to do, faithful, it is required in a steward to be found. If we give you something, if something is given to you, like this is not what I, I plan to say, but God planned had you in mind. It's required. Your, faith, your faithfulness in God's house is not helping God. It's actually building you an equity. If you are listening to me, and if you are listening to me, and you are in church, and you are not faithful, you don't do anything. All, all you do is, hey, the message is nice, and you go home. The music is nice, and you go home. I mean, no, it's not, should it shouldn't be like that. Get involved. Get involved. Let people also enjoy the grace of God upon your life. Yeah. If you are listening to me and you don't shout amen, I'll pray that the angels will come after you right now. Amen. Faithful. It is required in a steward to be found faithful. 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 You have the privilege to be part of praise team. You take it lightly. I don't go. I can't burn it. Faithful. It's a reflection on your faithfulness. You are always in church. And there's nothing we know you do in church. If you are absent in church, it doesn't affect the church. Faithful. <laughs> oh, now your, your shouting is gone. Eh? Shout hallelujah. was faithful in his house. But Jesus Christ, he wasn't just faithful. Moses as a human being, the human nature was the building. So Moses was actually part of the house he was faithful to. Moses was one of the building materials for God's house. Moses, Jesus Christ too, is one of the building materials. But Moses didn't have divine nature. So he couldn't be the builder because God who builds. Moses had a human nature so he could just become a part of the building. He couldn't be the builder. Jesus had human nature and divine nature. In his human nature, he was the part of the building. The cornerstone. He was the chief cornerstone. Jesus Christ, in the book of Genesis chapter 49, verse 24, he speaks about Jesus. Jesus being a stone. From Genesis 49, 24, Jesus is stone. In Isaiah 28:16, it says, The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In the book of Mark chapter 12, verse 10, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Amen. In the book of Luke chapter 17, verse 20, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. In Acts chapter 4, verse 11, he talks about Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In Hebrew, in Romans chapter 9, verse 33, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. In Romans chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus is the cornerstone. Yes. And my last text, in, not the last one, okay, I will leave that for the last one, but in 1 Peter, 1 Peter, First Peter, first Peter chapter, chapter two, verse six, verse six. I like that one. Is it okay if we all read it out loud from this one? Are you ready to read it out? Let's read. Let's go. Therefore, it is also in the scriptures. Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, an elect precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. You see that? He's, he said, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone. He's a stone. His human nature is what makes him a part of the building. And he said, if you believe in him, you shall not be put to shame. And then go to the, go to the next verse, verse 7. Verse 7. Let's go. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. 
But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 8. Hmm. Verse 8. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the way to which they are also appear. He's a stone. What kind of stone is he? The, the, not just corner, the chief corner. What is a corner stone? A stone in the corner. Holding two walls together. In last scripture, can I quote this one? To quote this. I haven't gone into the human, the divine nature, with Jesus being the builder. I'm just talking about the human nature. And I'll show you that he's also the part of the building, but his status is higher than Moses. Because Moses is just a stone. He is the chief. Ephesians 2.20, it says that we are being built. For your information, we are also stones. I don't know if you know that. We are also stones. Mm. We are also stones. Let me show you that. Let me show you that. Is that okay? Are you, are you interested in the text? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. And then we'll come, we'll finish on Ephesians. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 2. Is, is it okay if we, we all read it? Okay, let's go. As a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. That's talking about Jesus Christ, okay? Go to the next verse. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. So you also, say me also. So we also. We are being built as what? We are as what? Living stones. He said, Jesus is a stone. He said, we also are stones that are alive. Stones that can jump. Stones that can dance. Stones that can praise. Stones that are men. And we are being built into a spiritual house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are we being built on? In the Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it says that, and so it says that Ephesians 2, it says, having been built, you see, a spiritual house, is being built on the, uh, the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What does that mean? What the, where is, there's nothing new apart from what the apostles have said. The apostles, Jesus gave them, you know, I, I told you about apostles, gave them the authority to speak on his behalf. What they have said is final. Don't say me to God has shown me I'm going to write the Bible. <laughs> You can't add to God's word. Whatever the apostles wrote, the final. And then what the the prophets in the Old Testament, what they have said, everything they said was about Jesus. And everything the apostles said is about Jesus. And so we are being built on the foundation, the word of God, on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. And he said, well, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. (laughs) We are living stones. So Jesus is superior to Moses. Even though Moses was faithful, and some of us still are not, but will be from today. I thought I heard you say amen. (laughs) Being built on the apostle. Jesus Christ is better. Superior, not just better, better, but superior to Moses, who was faithful in God's house. He says also, from next week, we'll see, he says how he also was faithful. Moses is a key figure, but Jesus is a key <laughs> figure. And hallelujah. Did you receive something at all? Come on, put your hands together for the Lord Jesus. Shout hallelujah.
Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.